I ask that my guides and the guides of those listening join us now as I set the intention for this podcast. I set the intention that this will be for the greatest good of all and that these messages reach the appropriate people. May this be a space of encouragement, of discovery, and may it help us find balance so our true selves can be present. My name is Brenna Mosley, and I will be guiding you through my process and why I unmask the universe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of Unmasking the Universe. I am very much enjoying creating these podcasts. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Getting my ideas and thoughts out there is one thing, but the amount of high vibration, supportive and encouraging conversation that I'm having as a result has been so rewarding and fulfilling. Um, If you're watching this podcast, T-Rex is joining us today. He's right here. He wanted to be right next to me. Um, But this episode is a very special episode. Oh, by the way, there is um, probably a storm going to happen, and that's fine. But um, this episode is a very special episode because this is entirely based on a conversation that I've had recently um, as a result of this podcast. And this topic was not something that I had planned. Um, And I, I love how engaged my listeners are because it's giving me content and thoughts that I hadn't even considered doing before. So thank you all. And this episode is dedicated to my listeners. And I look forward to having more spontaneous topics like this going forward. Before we dive into this episode, I have a couple things that I wanted to to mention. Um, The first being, I am currently working on the outline or getting ready to work on the outline for my car accident. Um, When it came to this podcast and what I wanted to achieve, I knew I wanted to start off with death and dying. And for those of you who listen to those, thank you, because I know that was a pretty intense and heavy subject to get started. But I wanted to start there so that you all could get to know me better and know where I'm coming from right off the bat. And the car accident is one that I'll do fairly soon, but this episode, I wanted it to be a totally different feeling, um, a little bit more lighthearted. My energy, I'm going to go ahead and say, is a little bit low. Um, I am menstruating and this is a pretty heavy period for me. Um, I feel like I've lost a decent amount of blood. So like, I'm very excited to be here, but I actually had to go take a nap, um, right before I filmed, I was getting ready to film. I'm excited to do it, but I just, my body feels drained. So it's good. I feel better. I had some, um, corn free Oreos and, um, but anyways, the reason why I brought up the car accident is because I have made a post on my Instagram and my Facebook. Um, I included two pictures from that accident. They're not super gory. If you want the gory ones, direct message me and I'll send them to you. But um, I have those open so that you can ask me questions, anything that you want to know. Um, I did have a brain injury from it, so I had a frontal lobe injury. Um, so if you have any questions about that, if you have any questions about near, near-death experiences, car accidents, you know, insurance, any of those questions, please feel free to ask. You can send me an email. You can give me a call, what have you. But I wanted to, it to be more interactive than just me telling you a story. So that's the first thing. The other thing that I wanted to get into is I wanted to clarify something that I mentioned in episode four. Excuse me. I'm releasing quite a bit of things, apparently. Um, I have like these hiccup burp things. It's weird, especially when I go to do these podcasts. I usually like feel the stuff coming up and it's probably because I'm using my throat chakra and speaking my truth, which is great, but I apologize if I'm doing that in your ear. I will (laughs) mute it out if needed. But anyways, um, this journey for me has been so unexpected. I mean, you can't really plan for everything, but Um, most people do not like listening to their own voice. Um, And that used to be me. But these podcasts have actually been an exception. I've listened to every single episode and sometimes more than once. Um, And so one of the things that I am learning, uh, I'm learning a lot about myself, but one of the things that I'm learning is I need to be a little bit more clear with some points. So until I get better at that, I might go back and reference some things from the previous episode. 
So in episode four, I mentioned that my previous employer only allowed three days of bereavement. Um, you could also potentially add two days on top of that for your two days off for that week if your store manager approved that and was nice enough to do that. Um, but I felt like what wasn't clear was there are some details that you may or may not have known about this, the scenario. I'm not asking for companies to continue paying, specifically me, even though I'm not working. Um, I'm not asking for more than three days of paid time off. What I wanted to explain was that they, this company, and there are other companies too, would not allow you to take more time off than three to five days. Um, in this situation, I was able to do so because first of all, I didn't give them a choice. Um, I didn't care if I was terminated because in my mind, family comes first and I needed to be there for family. Um, so I didn't ask for the time off. I told them I would not be coming in. But the second thing, see, I don't know if you can hear the thunder, but that was pretty loud thunder. Um, it also happened during the pandemic um, in, the, in the pretty not intense part of the pandemic, like, you know, when everything was on lockdown, but like after quite a few people have passed. Um, and so quite a few people, I mean, most places were understaffed, right? And by the way, I'm going to make sure my mic, I think I'm okay. I can feel it hitting my chin and I wanna make sure it's not getting too loud for you all. Um, this was during the pandemic where there was a staff shortage like everywhere, there still is. Um, so they couldn't replace me. But I knew about the termination possibility because when I came back, my manager mentioned it to me. Um, he pulled me aside and said that I would have been terminated because it would be considered job abandonment. Even though I was communicating, even though I involved HR, it would be considered job abandonment. And like I said, there was also someone also working at a hospital at the same time as me, and they had the same policy. So the problem isn't that they weren't paying. The problem is that they would terminate you for being gone longer than three days. Um, if the situation were slightly different, you know, if I had a medical issue at all, I would be able to have a doctor's note saying Brenna is no longer allowed to return to work because of XYZ until this date. And the job would forgive me for that. Legally, they would have to. Um, but a point that I will continue to explain to you as this podcast continues, mental health is just as important as physical health. Let me say that again. Mental health is just as important as physical health. And I'm sure you're shocked, but if you lose someone, your mental health will be affected. People should be granted more time. You could counter my point with, well, you can go see a therapist and they might be able to write you a note to cover you. But let me present the scenario again. I had to go to the funeral out of town. One day for travel, one day to attend the funeral, one day back. Your therapist doesn't automatically see you because someone passes like a doctor would if you had an injury or an illness. You would have to take time to schedule the appointment with a the therapist in the middle of all this, in the middle of arranging all of your travel, and some therapists can't see you that short notice. In fact, mine wouldn't be able to. So um, we need to hold companies accountable and demand more respect. Are they paying us? Yes. Do they have a business to run? Yes. We do give them 40 hours of our week of our lives. And if I'm going through something that and I need not time you know, for therapy or to process, I need that time. And it is not my fault and it's not your fault if that company or that business has a poor enough business plan that they cannot cover you in a pinch. So I'm sure there are gonna be some people who are gonna say, oh, oh, but listen, there are going to be some people who will take advantage of the system. So there has to be a limit. Let me make this point to you. If companies treated people like human beings instead of like pawns in a system, people wouldn't feel the need to take advantage of the system. But I wanted to clarify about what I was asking for and maybe even demanding companies do because we should be treated like human beings, not like pawns. And if your job is mistreating you, don't put up with it and call them out. It is not cancel culture. 
not cancel culture, it is accountability culture. There might be things going forward that I want to clarify from my previous podcast, and that was a big one that I couldn't leave hanging without clarification. Um, but I, I'm going to put that one to rest, and let's go ahead and get started with this episode. So I originally had this episode to be called something along the lines of how to have your subconscious work for you or how to hack your subconscious. Um, but I had had this outline done for about a week before I went to go film. Um, a lot's been happening in my life. I wanted to film much sooner than I did. A lot's happened that I can't get into, don't want to get into. But um, the point of that, of me bringing that up was there had been a theme and a phrase that had been said to me often right before I went to go film. And that phrase was, what can you add to your life? So this is something that I have been saying for a few years now. I would say seven or eight years now. Um, and if you know me pretty well, you've probably heard me say this. And it's usually in reference to diet. And I don't mean like actually dieting, but I mean like what you are consuming for your body. Um, the reason why I say that is because I would always say to people who were wanting to change how they felt, what is it that you can add to your diet to make you feel better? I don't believe in depriving. I don't believe in deprivation. I don't believe in starving. I don't believe in diets or fads. That's why I clarified what I meant by the word diet. But how I had always used that phrase in the past was, what can you add? So if you want chocolate, you know, chocolate cake, if you want sweet tea, if you want something that society, and I'm going to say society, deems as bad, air quotes, what can you eat or consume? What can you add before that to make it better? So let's take sweet tea, for example. If I wanted a glass of sweet tea, I would drink an entire glass of water before. If I wanted a piece of chocolate cake, I might eat some chicken or some protein because protein would help you break down the sugars. So that was a common thing that I had accepted and do accept for myself. But I woke up from a nap the other day. Um, and I want to be real with you here for a minute. I have a decent amount of energy right now, and I'm in a decent mood right now. But this last week has been hard. Um, I'm very grateful that I had episodes three and four, fil three and four filmed back to back um, because I was not in a place where I could film. A lot of things happened, things have even back out now, but I had a day where I really didn't get out of bed. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I want you to know that even though I'm filming this episode, even though I have been unmasking my universe for years, there are still times where we have natural reactions to circumstances that we cannot control. And it's okay. You are allowed to have those days. But so I took a nap the other day and even today, because I didn't feel good. But when I woke up, and some of you may experience this. Sometimes whenever you're in the in-between, either when you're falling asleep or you're waking up, you'll hear something. You'll either hear a voice or a message or guidance, or you'll see something. This was one of those times. So the image that I had was of a small bottle. Um, you know, I'd say like maybe two inches tall. A small little glass bottle that was meant to be a necklace. And it had a scene in it. And the scene was very similar to where I go when I meditate. Um, and I knew that when I saw this image that this was representing my world and my world only because of the size of the bottle and the specific scene that was in there. It was very similar, like I said, to where I go when I meditate, which is how I knew that this was only my world. Nobody else can see what I'm seeing in my head, if that makes sense. This is not where I actually live. Um, but oftentimes, especially if you consider yourself sensitive or connected, we forget that we each have our own universe and our own world. Even if we are in relationships, we have children, we have clients, we are in our own canoe. We might have ropes or bridges built between other canoes, but in that moment, I needed the reminder that I need to add things to my world and my world alone. Yes, we're all connected. Yes, everything is connected. But at the end of the day, we are only in charge of us. And 
I think I said this already, I am working on sketching it and drawing it because I want to have a visual representation, um, a visual reminder. Um, and by the time this episode is posted visually, I may have it drawn, I'm not sure. But the second thing that the image represented to me, other than it being my world and focus on me, is that I am the creator of this reality. I am in control of what I experience. Um, there was a pipette at the top uh, hovering over the bottle. The, bot the lid was off of the bottle. And it's a feeling more than speaking, so the words are gonna sound weird, but in the, the pipette, it had potential energy. So the image along with the phrase of what I can add to make my life better helped me remember that the power is in the present moment and that there's always something that we can do to improve our situation. Sometimes that means taking a nap. Um, I took a nap that day because I felt empty. I was having a rough week and when I checked in with myself, the only thing that sounded good was that nap and I'm glad that I took it for multiple reasons, one being that I needed rest and two because of that image. Um, but so it was a beautiful representation to remember that I am the one holding the pipette and I can control my world by adding something to it. So that's why I renamed this episode. I don't really like the words, but I'm not gonna sit here and not post it just because of the title. Um, but still, that is the theme that I have been focusing on and feeling for myself is what can I add to my world to make it better? I'm taking a sip of water on that note. Oh, by the way, my air got fixed this week. So the AC is much quieter, much quieter for me. Don't know if it's going to be for you but I'm not turning it off. <laughs> it's Florida, it's super hot. I live you know, on the third floor, heat rises, so it's gonna stay. But another thing that has been on my mind recently is perfectionism and you know, inner saboteur. I actually made an Instagram post about it not too long ago. And for those of you who aren't RuPaul fans, your inner saboteur is that voice in your head that focuses on the negative and your insecurities. Another word that can be commonly used is your ego. Some might like the phrase of inner saboteur better than ego because it reminds you that it's often working against you. I'm not sure how much I like it personally because words are important, words are things. If you happen to binge watch Maya Angelou's um, masterclass with Oprah Winfrey, she even mentions that about how words are things. They get into your carpet, they get into your walls, and how you don't allow people to come into your home and speak negatively or homophobically or what have you um, because words are things. And so to me, insinuating that you constantly have a part of yourself that's sabotaging yourself is not something that I want to manifest. So I personally like ego because everyone has ego. That's part of what is the human experience. Um, but for explaining how it works and relaying thought to, uh, thoughts to others, I find that it can be helpful sometimes to use the inner saboteur, um, but I will probably be using ego for the rest of this podcast. So if you don't know, because I actually didn't know until recently, we all think differently. Um, some of us literally hear words in our head. Some of us only have feelings. Some of us don't see anything. Some of us see things. So depending on how your brain works and your situation, your ego might behave differently. But an example of what happened for me and how my ego works was um, not too long ago, I remembered that I told a friend that I would do something for them months ago. Life got busy. I didn't have a completion date for them but I know and I feel that I should be much farther along on that project than I am. So my ego was reminding me about everything else I've done wrong and focusing on how I was a bad person. And so for each of us, our ego might have a different strategy, but the idea is that it usually comes from a place of fear, shame, guilt, and it's our ego trying to keep us safe 
but it's usually overprotective, or not usually, it can be very overprotective and go on hyperdrive. I actually saw someone say on a Reddit thread very recently, are negative thoughts developed in childhood as a way to protect ourselves? But a child cannot run an adult's life. When you have a negative thought, thank the child for trying to protect you, and as an adult, promise to protect them instead. I really like that sentiment, but I would change a few words. Instead of promise to protect them instead, I would say strive to protect them instead. Remember I told you words are important. A lot of our trauma is something that we cannot control. We can only control our actions after the trauma. So I don't think promising yourself to protect yourself is helpful, but promising yourself to be diligent, to learn, observe, and work on yourself as much as possible is helpful. And then the other thing that I would change is um, the part about how a child cannot run an adult life. I agree and I disagree with that. I know that speaking from my own experience, a lot of times the negative thoughts and tapes in my head are really my inner child or the creative dreamy part of me just wants to be heard and express themselves. So your child, your inner child, and your literal child if you have one, deserves a place in your life. We all have something to learn from children. So I don't like the idea of setting up and saying that a child cannot run an adult's life because also most adults don't like their life and how we have to live it. So anyways, I know I just kind of like tore apart that sentence, <laughs> but um, the point of me bringing that up was take a moment to think your inner child. Think that, that part of yourself, the ego, whether is your inner child or not is irrelevant, but acknowledging that can give you more power and help you avoid numbing or trying to avoid that part of yourself altogether. A lot of people deal with their inner saboteur, low vibration, ego, by numbing or distracting themselves. Some examples of numbing and distractions can be drinking, even if it's just one glass a night, social media, drugs, sex, music, anything to an extreme can be a bad thing. So I recommend thanking and acknowledging those parts of you. And if you're skeptical, I want to ask you something. So far, you've been living your life this way and coping the ways you have. Is it working? If not, give this a try for a few weeks, maybe a month, maybe two months, and see how you feel. It needs to be, like, acknowledging needs to be done in conjunction with other things other than just like, yeah, thanks for your thoughts. But even acknowledging them and where they might be coming from can be so helpful. Um, and some of you may need a therapist. Some of you may need someone to help guide you through it because everyone has a different path, a different trauma, a different experience, and not all trauma is created equal. But be patient and be diligent. You can do this. I'm telling this to myself as much as anybody else. Um, sometimes it's helpful to use the broken record tactic on yourself. So come up with the phrase that you say when you catch yourself having those negative thought patterns come up again and again. So an example of one of those is thank you. I know you're trying to protect me, but we have to remember that the power is in the present moment. Shift the energy. The power is in the present moment. So the phrase that I just said about the power being in the present moment works well for most situations, but depending on what your ego is saying, you might need to have a different response. So the rest of this episode is going to be tools, tricks, and things that I do to give my subconscious mind a task to work on so that I'm not drawn to numbing myself. I want my subconscious mind to be working constructively rather than destructively. Um, and I don't use these tools every single day. I don't, you know, I mix it up. I try different things. I mentioned to you earlier this week that I had to go take a nap because I had tried everything else. I had tried going and taking a walk. I had tried calling a friend. I had tried crying. I had tried painting and singing and dancing and showering. And nothing moved it. And also, 
I didn't actually include this in, in the outline, but sometimes just allowing yourself to feel what you're going through is what's needed. But let's get back to the tools and other things that you can do. So the first thing I want to go over is ASMR. From the research that I have done, apparently not everybody can experience or appreciate the tingly, relaxing feeling that ASMR can give people. Um, but for me, it was a game changer. I used to experience anxiety pretty much 24-7. If I woke up at 2 a.m., I'd have anxiety. So ASMR really helped me shift that. I will say that it was ASMR in conjunction with other things, but this was a great starting place and something that I could actually play 24-7. I don't think I have my headphones on me right now, but I used to have earbuds and sleep and listen to ASMR while going to sleep. Um, but for those of you who don't know what ASMR is, ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. So if you Google it, it's going to say, it's a tingling sensation that typically begins on the scalp and moves to the back of the neck and the upper spine. It just sounds like tingles. Woohoo. But for me, I can only speak for me because apparently everybody can experience it differently. Um, when I experience the tingles, it also comes with a relaxation. It's not just like tickling. It's a, an entire relaxation that starts at the top of your head and can move down to the rest of your body. Um, listening to ASMR can be extremely helpful for sleeping. A lot of people customly make ASMR for sleep time. It can be helpful just for decompressing from your work day um, or if you just find yourself stressed in general. Um, I do want to go ahead and say, though, that sometimes when I feel overwhelmed or overstimulated, which is very easy to happen in this society, there are commercials basically from the moment you wake up, Sometimes ASMR can help with feeling overwhelmed. Sometimes it can overwhelm me more. So just be aware that sometimes it will work, sometimes it won't. And there is a common word called trigger or triggers used in the ASMR, com ASMR community. Um, to me, I had always understand trigger to be a negative thing. Um, but in the ASMR community, it's a positive. So everyone will have their own trigger preferences, which triggers the tingles and relaxation. Um, and even for me, I don't want to say day to day they change, but I definitely will have some things that will relax me more one day versus the next. So at first, I actually used to highly judge people who listen to ASMR because I only thought it was like, mouth breathing and mouth noises, and some of those really irritate me. But there's a lot more than just that. Um, there can be tapping, it can be whispering, it can be, um, you know, wood sounds. Like there's so many, there's thousands of triggers out there. Um, and people are constantly discovering them too. But um, <laughs> T-Rex is starting to snore. Um, but it's important that you try to find the ones that relax you. and Otherwise, they can really irritate you. And in fact, I know a lot of ASM artists that became an ASM artist, ASMR artist. If, um, it's kind of one of those things that people say in the community. Um, so it's ASM artist. <laughs> it's silly, but I love it. Um, but a lot of them became one because they didn't find the combination of triggers that they were looking for personally for themselves. So don't be discouraged if you can't find it right away. Maybe you need some, like, slow tapping is one, fast tapping is another. Some people hate tapping. So just look, for, just look them up, just see if that helps you. Um, but one of the, I wanted to bring up an example because some people may not fully understand what I mean by the whole ASMR. Um, but an example of something that you may have experienced is if you've watched someone draw. Um, I actually used to have a friend in high school who was a beautiful artist, still is, but I'm, we're no longer close friends. But I used to like go into this trance, and there's actually like this state that's called attention-induced euphoria. It's usually sounds and visuals at the same time that can uh, trigger this for you. But um, listening to the the I mean, sure, the brush, but I meant pencil on the paper, 
you know, watching the drawing come to life. If you've experienced super relaxation or if you zone out or what's that phrase called? Like a highly satisfying feeling. That's what it is. It's a highly satisfying feeling. ASMR can be, and so can the attention-based euphoria. Um, so I am a person that can experience both the, the ASMR tingles as well as the attention-based euphoria. So what also helped me shift my anxiety even more than just ASMR is that there's even a style that involves Reiki. It can involve crystals, metaphysical ramblings, readings, supportive sessions, and this is really a form of therapy for me. It really helped me reprogram my subconscious mind to focus and attract that feeling versus giving my ego free reign of all of my free time. So I will include some of my fa favorite ASM artists down below in the description. Um, I listen to them through YouTube. Uh, I do pay for YouTube premium because of this, because it helps me sleep. I don't listen to it as much anymore um, because I feel like I've shifted a lot of it, but um, I hate commercials on a normal day and listening to commercials with ASMR was just no. <laughs> so um, also I personally recommend using headphones while listening. A lot of ASMR artists try to achieve the binaural effect, which means, you know, the maybe have two microphones so like only your right ear will hear it or only your left ear will hear it. Um, so try out headphones with it. And um, a perk about ASMR is that it's usually very quiet so that you can listen to it literally all day. Um, you can listen to it at work if they allow you to do that while you're sleeping. I do listen to ASMR pretty much every single day um, when I'm writing my outlines, writing emails, prepping for dinner, walking the dog really anytime. So we're done talking about ASMR. I'm sure you're done <laughs> listening about it. Um, but this next tool is about music, but more specifically certain frequencies. And some of you may have heard of Hertz frequencies. But um, while I was doing my research about it, I saw this quote from Nikola Tesla. And the quote is, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And this actually was um, at the top of an article that I was reading about solfeggio, solfeggio frequency, I think, solfeggio vibration. I can't think of it. Solfeggio tones, I guess. Um, but it's very hard for humans to see a frequency or a vibration. So music is going to be the best way of shifting your mood and your healing. Um, some of you may be familiar with the experiment done with plants where, and this was actually explained to me in public school, where multiple plants are given different types of music. Um, they've also done it with different phrases where you tell one plant, I love you, you're great, you're beautiful, you're strong. You tell the other plant, I hate you, you're not worth anything. The same can be said for music, right? So they've done it, you know, where one might listen to heavy metal, one would listen to classical, one will listen to Hertz frequencies, and one will listen to Sanskrit chants. So at the end result was that the heavy metal um, or more angry music ended up harming the plant or reducing the growth. The classical music kept it, classical music kept it the same or slight improvement, whereas the Sanskrit chants and the Hertz frequencies helped the plant grow and heal even more. So the, this experiment has now been done like in a lab where they were studying with DNA, like not plant DNA, human DNA. And it was rock music, Gregorian chant, Sanskrit chant, and classical music. Rock music has been proven to harm DNA strands Classical music has a slight improvement, whereas Gregorian and Sanskrit had the most improvement. And I will give you a link down below to the study. It was actually, um, if I recall correctly, it's been a while since I've done my research, but I think this was a dissertation. So like this is a published work that I was reading. I was trying not to just, you know, find some random article. But, um, but for those of you who don't know about music and the therapy behind it, there actually is 
an entire field of study dedicated to music therapy and listening to different frequencies. Yes, it is solfeggio frequencies. Um, they have been proven to have mental, physical, and emotional healing effects. So I listen to Hertz music pretty much every night when I go to sleep. And I also listen to it when I have nothing else going on. Um, it depends from person to person how much you'd want to listen to it. Um, basically, if you find that in si if you can't sit in silence and you need to put on some type of music, try putting on Hertz frequency instead or try putting on Gregorian chants um, because sometimes people need words or something to focus on. So try finding a different you know, style to listen to. You can also listen to a guided meditation. You can also listen to um, classical music. That is better than rock. And don't get me wrong, I do still listen to rock. I do love me some Fall Out Boy, you know? Like, I do love me some of that, you know, more anger-driven music. We all need to have different times that we process things. But the point of this episode is to tell you what you can do to help your subconscious mind work for you and things you can add to your life, not take away, things you can add to your life to help with a more positive mindset. Oh yes, one other thing I wanted to mention about music is listening to healing music, whether that's Hertz frequencies, Solfeggio frequencies, Sanskrit, Gregorian chants, what have you, listening to that while in the shower or in the tub or in while swimming is extremely powerful. Water has memories. And if you don't know what I'm talking about or if you think I'm a wackadoo, there is a book called The Secret Life of Water. Go read it. Um, and it helps explain water and its, you know, memory property way better than I could in a few minutes. So amazing. I also think there's a documentary on it. But while we're talking about books, while we're on this subject, I wanted to go ahead and bring up books. So one of the things that has really helped me unmask my universe are is reading in books. I've mentioned already Louise Hay's book, I Can Heal You Can Heal Your Life. Um, I was thinking about every month going over a book. And I don't necessarily want it to be like a book report because you can go read that yourself. But I want to kind of have like a book club. So I'm not sure how I'm going to do this. But I am going to constantly be referring and reviewing books. So let me know in the comments. Send me a message. Call me. Message me. What have you. But how would you feel about having some kind of like a book club thing? I'm really interested in doing this. So let me know what you think. But back to the episode. The next thing that I want to talk about is affirmations. For a long time, I really, 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 really resisted affirmations. I would say probably over a decade, I was resisting and avoiding saying affirmations. Um, and I think some of you are going to resonate with that. So I understand that if you have a hard time with it, you're not alone. Um, but seriously, affirmations help so much. Um, if you have ever tried learning another language, or if you like learning words, your brain sometimes just repeats that word in, in its head. You know, I mean, it's obvious that most of us get music stuck in our head. But imagine if your brain had an affirmation stuck in your head. The first one that came to my head is, money is coming to me easily and effortlessly. Don't know why that one was it, but it's fine. Like in that silent moment when I was looking at the camera, <laughs> that was the affirmation that came to my head. So how helpful would that be if you just had positive reaffirming statements pop up into your head in, in silent moments? Um, so one of the tools that I use is Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. I think I've told you this before, but in the middle of the book, there is a reference section where no matter, like, I don't say every single ailment out there, but a good majority of them, um, you know, cancer, kidney disease, um, skin disease, headaches, vomiting, nausea, like all of these things are in her book. And so you can tur quickly turn to a page, you know, it'll tell you what it is that you're, that you need to address in your life. Like typically if it's urine or kidney related, it's about, you know, being pissed, like pissed off or upset or resentment. 
Um, and then it will give you an affirmation to help clear that. So I recommend getting her book, reading it in general, but this is also helpful with affirmations because this can give you a starting point. If you have any kind of ailment, now like if you stub your toe, that's not gonna be in there. But if it's like some kind of chronic thing or an illness that you're dealing with, this can give you a starting place. But I usually feel like after I reference her book, I need more affirmations than that. So I would go to Google and I would say affirmations for releasing anger or affirmations for self-love, affirmations for abundance, affirmations for self-acceptance and support. And I find that having them written down in places that I can see them regularly is extremely helpful. Um, right by your bedside, on your ceiling above your bed, on your dresser, in your bathroom. You can use lipstick and write on the mirror or in the bathtub. Um, if you're a server, I used to have them in my serving book. I used to have money affirmations in there, so I'd open it and I would see like money is coming to me easily and effortlessly. So some of you are probably going to be like, yeah, this is BS. Telling yourself something that you don't believe in won't help you. But I'm going to encourage you to try it anyways. Because either you're listening to this podcast because you're a loyal unmasker, or you're looking for ways to improve your quality of life. And to use your subconscious mind constructively. So what can it hurt to say positive and encouraging things? Newsflash, I can't. <laughs> um, next thing I want to talk about are plants. Plants are things that I'm still learning about their healing effects. I wasn't really a plant person growing up. I was much more of an animal person, speaking of which T-Rex is standing to make his appearance. Um, and while I'm mentioning animals, it might be helpful for you to have one um, as a companion. I think it was fairly obvious, but you know, to some of you it might not. There have been many days where I was depressed or stressed or overwhelmed and going outside would be helpful, but no amount of telling myself that was gonna get me outside. But because he had to go to the bathroom, I would get up, go outside and get some fresh air. Now, that being said, please do not adopt a dog, a cat, a ferret, what have you, on a whim. Truly think about it and recognize that it's a commitment that we aren't all ready for, even if we want one. Plants, on the other hand, might be a better idea. Having plants in my space has actually it was actually something that clicked for me um, in a reading, in a tarot reading. Um, they were talking about how I do really well in nature and how I feel you know, my, my best in nature, which is absolutely true. I love um, the forest, I love mountains, I love hiking, but I live in Florida and it's hot and I really don't enjoy being outside and also not to mention the majority of nature is like palm trees. Woo freaking who. <laughs> um, so one of the things that was brought up to me is to bring plants inside, bring sticks inside, bring different things inside that is nature, that is healing. Um, but having live plants that you can take care of every day gets you out of your own head, number one. Excuse me, number one. Number two, it actually gives you positive energy, and you give it positive energy. And so it's a constant thing that's giving back to you. Um, it also stimulates happiness. Like, there's scientific research done with that. Um, but my sunroom is usually where I work from. Um, I've actually tried filming in my sunroom quite a few times because, like, that's my spot. That's where I like hanging out. But the lighting in there is a little bit wacky, and so I can't. But I, I can see my sunroom from where I'm filming. And so that's where I keep the majority of my plants. And this aloe plant right here, I move it over here next to me when I'm filming so that I can have some green and, and a plant next to me here. Um, and so talk to them. Talk to them and tell them good morning. Tell them you love them. Tell them they're doing beautifully, um, that you're grateful that they're here. And then that's also those words, even if you can't say them to yourself, they're still being said in your space, if that makes sense. Um, if you don't have plants or you can't have plants, lighting a candle might be something that could be helpful for you. You can set an intention before lighting the candle and that can help. Um, the important part of helping your subconscious work for you is to find things in your space to help build you up. And this wasn't even something that I had in the outline, but something that, you know, was brought up to me was, you know, one time my wife came home and she saw that there were these flowers that I had bought her um, and they were just sitting there and like, 
they hadn't been cleaned up. And she put everything down and went over and started cleaning them up. And I found that was kind of like odd. Like, why did you stop and do that? And she's like, well, it's now getting to the point where it's getting sad to look at them because all of the petals are just falling all over the floor and like we haven't picked them up and, and taken care of them. And she's like, even a positive thing can be turned into a negative because it can be reminded of neglect. So take a moment, look at your space. What is something that you can clean up and add to that space to help you feel better? Um, another thing that you might be tired of me <laughs> hearing me mention is having a meditation practice. Um, building a meditation practice will help you with thoughts. And I don't want to use the word controlling your thoughts, but maybe shifting your thoughts. So I'm going to go ahead and go over meditation real quick. I know we're already over 45 minutes. We're almost done, I think. Yeah, we're almost done. Um, but let me give you an example that really helped me shift my meditation practice. Imagine you're standing on the side of the road and cars are passing by. You're not attached to the car and where it's going. You, don't, you just stand there on the side of the road watching the cars drive past with no emotional reaction to their color, to their size, or their destination. The idea of the meditation practice is to do the same thing with your thoughts. Let them pass by without the attachment of the source, the material, or the relevance. I do suggest that the thoughts become toxic if they're, you know, self-deprecating. Then you go back to that phrase that I mentioned earlier. This is a new one. Thank you. I know you're coming from a place of overprotection, and we have been hurt in the past. The practice of meditation is a supportive one, and we are literally in this moment working on healing. I do my best every day to take care of myself, nurture my mind, body, and spirit, and then let those thoughts go. You might need to redirect yourself a few times, and eventually you'll get there. Practice makes you proficient. Building a meditation practice, you also shouldn't start with a 30-minute meditation session, maybe not even 10. When I first started learning how to meditate, I started with one minute. One minute where I just allowed and didn't focus on the thoughts. And then you constantly build it up. You can build it up by 30 seconds every day, a minute every day, and eventually you'll get to 10, 20, 30, however long you need. And I have found that meditating one minute a day is way better than not meditating at all. And there are some days where I can meditate 10 minutes, and then there are some days where I can only meditate one, and that's okay. But getting in that practice where you can learn to let go of your thoughts will also help your subconscious mind to not work against you. So everyone's routines and their goals are going to be different, but something that I wanted to mention is that having a routine that you do every single day or five days a week or three days a week can really help change your mental health. If you get up every single day and take a walk just for you, that's you giving back to yourself. Maybe something that you need to do is get up and light a candle. Or maybe you need to take three deep breaths. But trying to have, not trying, but having a routine that you do daily and regularly, maybe regularly is the better word, will be very helpful for your mental health because that is a constant practice, thing, movement that you were doing to help yourself. So, especially if you're a parent, you need to do this. And I know a lot of parents are gonna be like, well, I don't have time for that. You need to make the time. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, you cannot be a supportive, encouraging, and helpful parent if you're not taking care of yourself. We all know when we go to fly, they tell you to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on your child. In life, this should be the same practice. Do something for yourself every single day. Good idea to start it off in the morning because you can get up slightly earlier than your kids and do this for yourself. But even if you're not sure on where to start with giving to yourself, the act of even looking for it will be helpful. It will help shift the energy. And also say out loud, what do I need? I ask that whatever I need be presented to me. 
just that phrase alone can be so helpful because you're not just moving along, numbing, and continuing the same old, same old. You're actively shifting the vibration and looking for ways to support yourself. Listening to this podcast or another podcast or another meditation might be another helpful thing. But there are more things that I thought about including, but I think we're already pretty much to an hour. We're at 50 minutes, I think, so we're going to go ahead and end this here. Thank you so much for listening and being here. Um, I think I want the next episode to be about setting routines. Um, I wanted this to be a preliminary episode um, to lead up to the whole routine and ritual idea because that can be its whole other episode. And um, so tune in next week if you're interested in my methods and ways to break down your day to be as supportive as possible. I am also working on a worksheet or worksheets that you can do to help with that. So my plan is to have the, the workbook page ready at the time that I launch that episode. But if not, it will come out shortly after that. Um, and like I said, mentioned earlier in the episode, I will be working on the car accident episode. I feel like that would be a really interesting story for you all to hear about myself and my process. So please feel free to ask me questions. And if you don't have any questions, but you know someone's obsessed with near-death experiences, pass this along, listen to their questions, and pass them along to me. So thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And thanks for unmasking with me. Bye. Thank you.